Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is James Priest. He is one of the UK's leading dating experts and dating coaches. He's been working in the industry for 16 years and is involved in a wide variety of different areas, such as personal dating coaching, online dating, singles events, and consulting for many dating companies. He's also a very experienced relationship expert and has helped tens of thousands of men and women find love, build confidence, and improve their relationships. He has clients all over the world and is the author of 15 best-selling dating books, including the Amazon number one bestseller online dating guide, I Will Make You Click. So I am super excited to welcome James Priest to the show. Welcome, James. How are you doing? Nice to finally get to talk to you. I've been so excited about interviewing you as my guest because I've been following you for ages. I love what you do. And I know that this is really going to help so many of my listeners. So please tell us a little bit about what you do in your role as a dating coach. That's a great question. I help busy single professionals get into relationships and stay in them and work out a path to make sure that they are attracting the right sort of people, not settling and doing things in a way that makes it fun. So I work with singles all over the world, lots of different dating brands and matchmaking agencies and dating apps and dating sites. And I absolutely love doing it. I get to help people, particularly during these difficult times. I think it's a great job. It must be fun. And I know a lot of my listeners will be thinking, yeah, I've had my heart broken. I've been cheated on or maybe just didn't see it coming, came out of the blue. I'm really sorry. Dating is the last thing I ever want to do again. Although my biggest fear is never being loved again. So what advice would you have to people who are thinking like that right now? That's a very common topic. People think because things haven't worked out before, the same thing is going to happen to them in the future. And they are judging all the future people that they might interact with based on the way that things have reacted to them in the past. And you just can't do that because it's not really being fair on yourself and it's not being fair on the people who are ahead of you because there is probably someone out there who is much more compatible who will make you happy. So the very first thing to do, once you've had a good time to sort of grieve the relationship, when you're ready for this and you're ready to go out there and do something, take small steps and get yourself out there and just do something. Maybe it's joining a dating app, whether it's joining a social party or telling your friends that you're ready for this again. But you really do have to get yourself out there. It's the only way to make you realize there are decent people out there for you. Otherwise, you're going to live in the same cycle of negativity and you're not going to meet someone, which would be a terrible waste, wouldn't it? Well, it certainly would. But do you think there is someone for everyone out there? I definitely do. I definitely do. But it depends on being realistic as well. People come to me and they say, James, I want to date some supermodel or George Clooney was always a typical guy, everyone used to mention. I'm not sure who it is nowadays. It's still George Clooney, actually, funnily enough. You know, not he's Gerald married. Butler. That would be mine, Gerald Butler. Gerald Butler, he's, he's top 10, definitely. And even Gordon Ramsay comes up sometimes in the little <laughs> list here. Some strange <laughs> Simon Cowell, of course. But they, they want these, these guys. And they think, well, why would that person notice them in the first place? 
You have to be realistic. You have to know who you really are. Be true to yourself and be strong. And you have to know your own value. You say, is there someone for everyone? Absolutely. But you've got to be there for yourself in the first place. Many people, when they've been through heartbreak, when they've been through turmoil of any sort, they start to doubt themselves. And they think, well, do you know what? I'm not going to meet someone else. I am destined to be single. I'm never, ever going to meet someone again. You go to a wedding, you sat on the singles table and you feel like a failure. And your family members say to you, when are you going to meet someone else? And you feel this pressure and you think, I'm the only one here. Well, I can promise you there are millions and millions of people out there in the same situation. And all it takes is interacting with just one and your history is gone and your past is forgotten and your future is all you have to aim towards and you can be happy at last. Oh, I love that. I mean, I've been watching, I have to say, I'm a bit of a junkie for those programmes at the moment, like Married at First Sight, the Australian one, brilliant. Mm. The UK one has just started recently. I've been watching that. There's one called Love is Blind as well, which I thought Mm. was really good. Obviously, there's The Bachelor. The thing is... Love is Blind was interesting because they couldn't see who they were dating. Do you think that we put too much emphasis on looks, especially on the dating apps? Because that's what you see, right? We do. When you're on the dating apps, you're judging somebody based on one particular picture. And then if you're interested, you scroll on, you might see 99 pictures that are amazing. And number 100 is a bit odd. You're going to rule them out. It's human psychology, isn't it? You get rid of them. So you're running out perfectly good people. But the honest answer to this question is you do have to be attracted to somebody. Some people are attracted to brains, to money, to power, to being good with kids, sense of humor. And some people just on a very deep level are attracted to people for certain reasons. So you do have to have that level of attraction. But quite often, men in particular do not sell themselves the right way on dating apps and they have really, really bad pictures. So you are rejecting perfectly good people who in real life you might have a great date with. Now, I work with some matchmaking agencies who don't show you photographs of people before you meet them. Most of them do, one or two don't. And I said, well, why don't you do that? And they said, well, people are paying us a lot of money to be matched on our credibility or expertise. And you can't just put it all down to one picture and based on looks, because there's so much more. And the longer you spend with somebody anyway, the longer you get to know them, the more likely you are to fall in love and get to know them and to really bond with them anyway. So I think give it some time. You can't really help it if you're not attracted to them, but maybe there's something there. Maybe there's some little spark and maybe it can grow from there. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching the Married at First Sight. They've got three experts, which, James, you should definitely be one, by the way. I think we need you to put a word that. in the <laughs> I need to say that. I almost was. That's another story. <laughs> oh, OK. And I was fascinated because obviously I'm in this game too and I'm looking at it. And mm. one of the experts said, well, there's not going to be any sexual chemistry at first, but maybe that can grow up. I was thinking... If there isn't sexual chemistry at the beginning, what are the odds that that is going to grow over a period of time? Very, very slim is the answer to that. So you agree with me then? You agree there has to be some sort of attraction? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got to have something to work on. But I mean, I think on a dating app, it's quite hard because people Mm. obviously, well, a lot of the time, my experience, look a lot better in real life when they're laughing and you can watch them moving. And there's so much more to someone, isn't there, than just a a picture. Absolutely. And then another one of the experts said that fascinated me that, well, they're complete opposites. She's really outgoing, very outspoken. He's very shy and reserved. So I think they're going to bring out the best in in each other. Again, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, that can work, but most of the times it won't. They'll probably have arguments and not get on. But I do believe that an optimist and a pessimist can have a great date, and an introvert and an extrovert can have a great date as well. Because most people aren't really just introverted every single day or extroverted every single day. There's a balance, and they can bring out the best side of each other. 
So I like to look on the positive side of things. This can work, but it is going to be a bit of work in general. You have to both be willing to sort of tone down who you really are, which isn't really true to yourself anyway. But sometimes people do want to be shown a different way. And they want to be brought out of their shell or toned down. So that can work. But if I was matching people, then you match on shared interests, you match on values, you match on shared goals. And it's unlikely that these things are going to be aligned if they're completely different characters. I guess it makes for great TV, doesn't it? So I think that maybe has something to do with it. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hooked. So it's, something's working. So some of my clients, and I know some of my listeners are going to be saying, but I keep attracting the wrong type of partner. Like the same thing keeps happening. What's your advice for that? Yes, I hear that quite a lot. People say I'm attracting the same sort of guy over and over again. Maybe they're not committing. Maybe they are wasting their time. Maybe they're just telling all the like, right things and then love bombing them. And this, guy, this love bombing is so popular at the moment. You must have heard about that quite a lot. People just tell them what they want to hear, get them into bed, and it's game over very quickly. And that's happening more and more. It always did happen, but that's happening now. But I do think that in this situation, they need to give people a chance, really. That's what they need to do. And I've forgotten the question now, because I've talked so much. (laughs) So the question was, why if people are attracting the wrong person time and time again, what can they do? Stop self-sabotaging first. It's probably something you're doing. You're making the bad choices. You can't really blame the other people because you're the one that's interacting with them. Think about why you're doing that. Are you trying to avoid something? Are you trying to get some more excitement in your life? Are you attracting the bad boys because you see a bit of danger and you want a bit of spark in your life? You can still get a perfectly nice guy who is passionate and adventurous and all the things like that. To do a reset, work out what you really want, work out what your, your life goals are going to be, work out the values, work out all these things about who you are, work out what you have to offer and be proud of yourself and don't settle. Sometimes people end up in relationships knowing it's not going to work out in the long run, but they just want the attention in the short term. So they'll put up with anything because they're so scared of being on their own. You are worthy on your own. You have enough going on. Know your own worth again. And that way you're not going to make these bad choices. And if you are making bad choices, then come to an expert who will help you and direct you in the right direction. Absolutely. Go see James if you keep doing that. I mean, I've got lots of clients and I think I was guilty of it in the past of going for the bad guys, you know, the bad boys. because They're exciting and there was always a bit of risk and just kept you on your toes. So you said you can still get that spark. How do you do that, though? Because the nice guy next door who's never going to put a foot wrong is lovely, dependable, wonderful. Is that as exciting or how do you make that as exciting, I guess? It's all about having someone who isn't so available, someone that other people want. That's what it comes down to. You can have a perfectly nice guy next door or you have a nice guy somewhere else who maybe has got his own businesses. He's got his own passions, does a lot of work for charity. He's got a startup, things that are taking his attention elsewhere. And that way, they're not going to be needy, not going to be trying to please you all the time and not trying too hard. I'm sure you'll agree that women can be completely turned off by guys who show them too much attention too quickly and always available, dropping everything for them, being too romantic, too many flowers too early on. And it's a massive turn off, isn't it, sometimes? Guys that do that, but it's a balance. You've got to find somebody who has got his life settled, life going on, life of things around you that don't just involve you. So when you do get together, he'll have his own interest, you will have your own interest, and you can do things together. But it's a balance of all three. I know that a lot of my divorcee clients and listeners will potentially have children. Mm-hmm. And when you're going into dating with children, you know, people even term that as baggage, right? I mean, I, I don't really agree with that. But, you know, 
I know it can put people off. You can think, well, is anyone going to want me when I've got a child? You know, especially us mums, you know, our whole life is our child, you know. And if you're dating the wrong guy, they can see that as competition. Are they going to understand? Then is my kid even going to like them? Actually, you know what? I'm not going to bother. I'm just going to stay single, do the school runs and, you know, cook the dinner and go to bed. What's your advice when you're dating as a single parent? It is quite a complicated situation. And what you just said to me now, if it's the wrong guy, he's not going to like it. He's going to get jealous and realise that you're not the priority. He's not his pri- your priority. That's great. You've eliminated the wrong guy straight away. So that's good. If you put in your profile, if you tell everyone that you're proud of your kids, and you are, they will always be your priority. Kids will always be, when even when you're adult, or even when you're 80, 90 years old, always be the priority. And the right guy or the right woman will understand that, and they'll accept it. If they've had kids themselves they're more likely to understand the whole process and the turmoil and the pleasures that come with children. I know this all too well myself. Things do change when you have kids because you you stop being the priority of of the spouse all the time. So things do change. So the reality is that be proud of who you are, be proud of your kids and be honest about it up front. If you hide that fact from people, they're going to feel a bit cheated. But it does help if you state that you have kids and you want someone like that, then they're more likely to accept and more likely to be a good fit for you. In terms of dating with kids, it can be hard to get babysitters sometimes. But if you can, go and do it. Just make sure you're dating the right people and spending time going out. So it's more about quality rather than quantity. If they're not worth worth your time going out, don't waste your time. Don't get babysitters in. Don't leave your kid to someone else for that reason. And take your time. But be proud of it. It's a talking point. If the person that you're with hasn't got kids, then quite often some people, particularly guys, are happy to have a little ready-made family and they will be happy to jump in. If it's a problem, good, it's the wrong person, get rid of them, move on. But there's a lots of guys out there that would love that. Or maybe they've really got kids and they want to increase their family into a blended family. I didn't even know that term myself until about two years ago, blended family. But I love that. That's when families come together and they bring their kids together and they can get on and you've got more fun and games and adventures ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, blended families are kind of the norm. I don't think, you know, I know you're happily married with two kids. Yeah, that is not the norm anymore, really. I think there's a lot of blended families out there. And actually, you know, when you when you're at school at the school gate, sometimes you don't realize because it's it's working so well with these blended families that it's yeah. it's just normal now. So yeah, I think that, that is the new norm. But you did mm. say then that if they're not worth it, then don't bother with the babysitter. Don't go out because you're wasting your time. But how do you know if somebody is worth it? Maybe you like them, but how do you know if they're worth it and worth the effort? Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as the Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control, and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. 
visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. How do you know if they're worth it and worth the effort? Well, it depends how you've met them. If you met them on a dating app, I always recommend you have a phone call before you actually get on with meeting them to work out if they really are someone you're going to get on with. Because most people just correspond by text, by WhatsApp, on the dating apps, on the dating sites. And how do you really know if that person is good or not? Speak to them on the telephone for 10 minutes. I recommend that a lot. No more than 10 minutes. It's not a date replacement. Have a conversation, even the Zoom call if you really want to. People do that over the last 18 months quite a lot. Have a chat with them. Do they sound like the sort of person that you really want to meet? If they do, you can go and meet them. If not, if they're really boring or they're nothing in, in common or they can only correspond with you when they had an hour to think about their response, they're probably not worth meeting. But give people the chance and maximise opportunities. If you're going to go into town, get a babysitter, and you're going to get your outfit, get the hair done, and you're going to meet someone, then the date should be around 90 minutes, I recommend, for a first date. Why not go out and go to a singles party or go and see a friend afterwards? So make the most of your night. If you're going to have a babysitter, make the most of it. I'm not saying date three guys or three women in one night. That can be too much. I used to do that a long, long time ago. I don't recommend that. That can burn you out. So what you need to do is focus. If you're in the right mindset, that way if you go for a date, and it doesn't go very well. You've got a backup maybe of a party afterwards, more opportunities. If it does go really well, you'll be buzzing for that party. You'll be in full flirty mode and you'll be making most of the opportunities you might get there as well. It's better to have one night a week rather than three nights out with different random people. That's really good advice. And I like the idea of these singles parties, but how do you find out about them? Is this something that's, I mean, obviously now we're coming out of lockdown and lockdown dating was pretty tragic i think but yes. now tell me what are these single parties well you're right these parties have been on hold during the pandemic but they're coming back on now bigger and better than ever before what they are they are you might have heard of things like speed dating where you go and meet 20 men or 20 women in one evening now they are good i've run hundreds of these events over the years they are good if you're new to dating if you want a bit of flirting practice and conversation then go speed dating but it's not really the place you're necessarily going to meet the love of your life Singles parties are bigger mixes, maybe 150 to 200 people upwards. They've got music, they've got activities, they've got people to introduce you and host there to help you meet like-minded people. Bear in mind, people that are going to go out to these events are probably quite positive and optimistic about meeting people in these strange times anyway. And all they are is an introduction to someone new. It gets you out of the house, it gets you back into dating mode again. And also there's singles events that are things like activities. Maybe you want to go into a golf weekend with someone. One of my clients asked me about that the other day. Or wine tasting or cocktail making or dancing. There are singles events, anything like this at all. And there's many of them. And new companies are springing up. I'll be doing some myself again next year. I think it's a bit too early for me to be doing them because I need a certain amount of numbers to make them successful. But people I know, some of my people that I'm mentoring, people that I work with, they're trying events again and they're proving to be really popular. All it is is a night out. If you've got a friend to go with you, take the friend. But they're just opportunities. All these things are, all dating apps are, all dating events are, all social media is, it's opportunities just to meet somebody. Seize the opportunities. I can't really stress that enough. Okay, so we're getting ready. We're getting our hair done. We've got the babysitter booked. We've got a date. Mm -hmm. Top tips for a first date? Well, I mentioned just now, keep it relatively short. I think 90 minutes is the optimum time. That's just long enough to get to know them. And if you don't like them, you won't be stuck with someone. There's no getting someone to text you halfway through or the house is on fire, the baby's woken up, all those sort of things. You've got the out already. Tell them you're really busy, but you'd love to meet them for a quick drink after work and you've got the out straight away. 
And also it means if you do get on really well, you're not sat there for hours and hours and hours. Some people do thinking that's the right thing to do. And then it's going to fizzle out. It gives them a chance to miss you and to want to see you again. You can always see them again the next week. So that's my first advice. Don't go for coffee on a first date. Coffee is what you do with friends when you're catching up on business meetings. It's very, very mundane. Nothing very romantic about that. Go somewhere that's got an atmosphere. If you don't drink alcohol, as many of my clients don't, it doesn't mean you have to drink alcohol. What I mean is you can go somewhere like a hotel lobby or have a, a mocktail in a bar. You don't have to drink alcohol. Even if you do, it'll be limited to maybe a couple of glasses of wine in 90 minutes anyway. But remember, it's all about the ambience and creating a memory. You don't want to look back on this in five years' time and say, do you remember our first date in Starbucks? It's not, it's not memorable enough. Create the memories, whatever you do, and really get to know them. If you're self-conscious, be conscious of the other person, making them happy, making sure they feel settled and feel important. And that way, if you're conscious of them and what they're thinking, there's no time to be self-conscious. But, and also follow up afterwards and tell them you got home safely and then see if they ask you out again. That's what I recommend like that now there's books out there aren't there like i think there's one called the game and rules and all these things about how you should play it and don't be the first person to text what are your thoughts on all that the world has changed dramatically since those books came out now they're still two of the most popular dating books you can get and there's a women have read the game women understand how the male mind thinks in that way and it's outdated concepts Things like being rude to women, it's going to make them all more attracted in you. I don't think so. This is 2021. It doesn't work that way. I don't teach any pickup artist strategies. I would not be going 16 years if I did. And the rules, one or two things in the rules make sense. But generally, there's a lot of nonsense in there as well. If you wait three days to respond to somebody, what's he going to do? Is he going to get more interested and start chasing? You know, he'll be texting three other girls thinking that they're interested. You've got to act quickly. In fact, I've just read a book myself recently, which is called... Make Your Move, which is an American book, and I'm loving it. It's about why women should make the first move more often. And it's because in America and in the UK, there are four women going to university compared with three guys. So if you want someone who's your intellectual equal or professional equal, it's going to become harder and harder and harder to meet somebody. So you have to stand out and be a bit more direct, a bit more forward. The times of being, oh, I'm going to flirt over in the corner and see if he notices me and come over and say hello, days aren't really there. We're not going to bars and clubs the same way. We're not meeting at work. I'm not saying you have to throw yourself at somebody, but you have to make it clear that you're interested. Go up to them and say, how are you doing? What are you up to this Friday? When are you going to take me out? Something like that. <laughs> or when are you going to give me your number? When can I give you my number? Just ask them. They say no. What is there to lose? Nothing. But it's quite an interesting book, and I'm enjoying that at the moment. I do think that the dynamic has changed slightly. So men are a little bit more scared to make the move because the world's gone very PC crazy, right? So yeah. flirting might be, you know, misconstrued. And I think there's a bit of fear that's been put into dating as well as, yeah, I mean, I'm all for equality, but now yeah. guys are afraid to open the door for you in case you're saying, well, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. You, you should treat me the same as you would yourself. So how does that work? You're right. It's a very, very difficult minefield at the moment. Now, I believe in opening a door for everybody, male or female. I believe it's just manners. But I have heard people, it never happened to me because I'd be quite rude about it. But if someone held the door open, they say, how dare you? I can hold my own door open. That's probably their problem. That's not the way to interact. It's not making anyone feel good. It's a nice gesture. But you're right. Men have become increasingly scared of doing or saying the wrong thing. For example, speaking to someone that they work with and asking them out, that's frowned upon in many companies. If they get rejected, then they can be of very serious consequences. In fact, some companies, I think Google's one of them, that if you ask someone out, you get one chance. If you ask them out and they say no, you respect them, never ask them again. That's the rule. But some places have a no workplace dating policy. 
And if he does, it can get very messy if your friends and colleagues know about this. So it's really, really hard. And men are afraid to flirt, to talk to people at all. Even just the embarrassment of being rejected, which so we get in public. And not just that, but they are scared that women are going to start accusing them of things and it's going to go down the wrong path. And that's obviously not true for most people. But women tell me that men don't approach them enough or in the right way. The only guys that approach them are maybe they're a bit drunk or cocky anyway. Guys absolutely love to go and come and talk to you, but you make it obvious that it's okay. Give them a clear signal. If you smile at them, they're going to come and say hello to you. If you're sat in a coffee shop and you've got your book out and you're reading a book or you're staring at something else, they're just barriers. If you go to the gym to meet someone, I often say this, you've got headphones on, it's a barrier. If you want to be approached, make it easy and they'll come up and say hello. Or start the conversation yourself. Ask them what muffin they're having or ask them how to use the weights. That's all you need to do to start the conversation. Nothing to lose. I love that. Take women becoming more empowered, making the yeah. first move. Mm. And you get to choose then, don't you? It's not just who chooses you. You're actually putting it out there saying, yeah. I choose you. I like that. I think that's really empowering. That's okay. exactly what it is. It's true with dating apps as well. If you don't contact people and you just wait to be contacted, you're never going to meet people because the decent guys have been contacted by the proactive women and they're never going to see you or even find you. Be proactive. Which dating apps do you like, James? Because there's so many out there. There's always a new one. Some of them, you see the same faces over and over again. You're thinking, I thought they were on the other app and they're clearly on all the apps or it's the same database. How do you choose which app is best for you? That's a great question. There's so many and more and more come out every day. I get emails from companies every day when you work with us, when you give us some advice and things like that. Most dating apps don't last longer than a year. There's so many of them. They lose their money. But there are some good apps that are out there. Three mainstream dating apps are Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge. They're the top three. Now, I'm not going to say which ones I don't like, but what I would say is I think of the three of them, Hinge is best because it's got more filters on there and people seem to be more serious. It's about starting conversations. Bumble is good because women make the first move. But from my experience recently in the last 18 months, Hinge is the one that's growing because you start a conversation looking at someone's picture and you have to, you're forced into saying something interesting. You're forced into writing something on there that's, that's going to start a conversation. If you don't do it, if you just get random pictures of your phone and make no effort, no one's going to start a conversation with you. But if you use it well, Hinge can be quite a good tool. But there's other apps coming out. There's one called Univine, which is about dating coaching, which I'm involved with. That's quite popular. That's just launched yesterday. I got a good feeling about that one because that's more about you dating on there. It's video dating. You can get help from experts along the way. And there's one called So Synced, which is based on the Myers-Briggs personality test. And if you believe in that sort of thing, and some people do, some people don't, then that could be a good way of getting someone like-minded. But I think using one that's quite new and creative, there's one called Thursday as well I'm interested in. That only comes out only live on a Thursday. So you can only use that. Have you heard of that one? Oh, I haven't heard of that. No, that's growing. I know the owner of that one as well. That's getting a massive lot of PR at the moment. People are really interested. Whether that lasts the long run, I don't know. It's a bit of a gimmick. I think it's a good thing because people are addicted to using these apps. They can use them. There's no point being on three or four apps at any one time. All you're doing is collecting matches. You're getting an ego boost each time someone connects with you. If you've got three or four people that are interested in you and you're having conversations, have conversations with them. Get them on the phone. If you like, go out and meet them. Don't be collecting people. If, if they're on there just because you feel a bit, bit low and you want to get an ego boost, don't do that. There's no need to do that. Focus on the ones that are going to lead somewhere. And if they're not for you, they're probably good for somebody else. Set them free to go and meet someone else. Unmatch them. Set them free. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think a lot of my, especially my clients that come to my coaching clinic, they are scared of dating. And when I say, right, let's get you on a dating app, they panic. They're like, I'm not ready. I don't feel ready. When are you ready to start dating? What, what do you think, James? When you start thinking about it at all, 
that's probably a good sign that you're ready for this. And there's no point waiting too long because there's never the best time, there's never the right time. You almost might think I'll lose a, lose a few pounds first or I'll wait until the weather's brighter. I'll wait until after Christmas. There's always some excuse. The best time is if you're thinking about it and just a bit excited about the prospect and it makes you nervous, embrace it and go out there. You haven't got to meet anybody. All it means is you can just start creating a profile and almost telling the university you're ready for this and telling your friends you're going to start the, the ball rolling. You can take it slowly, but just waiting and waiting and waiting. All you're doing is missing out on the chance to meet someone who might make you happy. But you have to do all the things that I know you work on, like working on yourself and working out what you really want in life and working to rebuild yourself. But if you've done that part of it, then just doing something. All you're doing is downloading an app or attending an event or going on a date that a friend introduces you or trying a dating agency. There are so many options. You do things at your pace, but getting the first steps up that ladder, and that's what we do as coaches. We push people up that ladder. That's what I often say. And we support them so they don't fall down. Just do something. If you're thinking about this and you're thinking, well, is now the right time? It probably is. And I believe there's never been a better time in general to meet someone than there has now. The pandemic is hopefully over to some degree. Lockdown's over. Everyone's come back much more serious than ever before. No one wants to be locked down again with the wrong person or on their own. And we've had a really good chance to reflect on what we want. That now is the right time. Don't wait. Get yourself out there now while the sun is shining and you never know who you might meet. Absolutely. Get on with it. Get out there and, and start finding that happiness. Yes. So. Tell us, how can people find you, James? Obviously, you've got a huge following on Instagram. Yeah. Tell us how we can find you. There's many ways you can find me. You can go to my website, which is jamespriest.com. That's P-R-W-C.com. Or go to my Instagram. It's jamespriestcoach. Buy my books on Amazon. You can get my dating decoded course. If you Google me, you will find me. I'm everywhere. I work for 20, 30 different brands out there. You'll find me somewhere. But the main way to do it is jamespriest.com or through my Instagram. And please do reach out and say hello. I work with many people that are divorced and looking to get back to dating again. I can help you. I can support you and give you the male point of view. I love that. Just tell us a little bit about your dating decoded course. That sounds great. Yeah, this is a new course that I've launched over the last couple of months. It's aimed at women only at the moment. It's £297. It's affordable. It is an online course about how to understand guys. Guys, don't worry if you're listening. There will be a male course coming out in the future. But it is about how to understand guys, how to use dating apps and online dating sites to get quick results and to be proactive and teaching you how to have the shortcut. Because these apps aren't really designed to help you meet somebody quickly. If they were, they would never make a penny out of you. So I'll give you all the shortcuts and I teach people how to get back on the dating horse once again and do it the right way so you're not settling. And that's through my website as well, jamespriest.com. Love that, because settling is something to be avoided. Absolutely. Okay, so my last question for you, James, that I ask all my guests, my podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness because I think it's really important to understand what happiness is for you. So even when you're struggling with dating or you're getting over your, your ex, you know what happiness is and you can recognize it along the way. So what is happiness for you? Happiness for me is being around my family, my children and my wife make me happy. Not all the time, because <laughs> of course we all get stresses, but Jim make me happy. I am happy when I'm helping people. I absolutely love doing my job. I make it into fun. I laugh and I joke with my clients. That is happiness. And happiness is exploring and working on myself. I got back into the gym again last week after a long period of time. Happiness is about not sitting around just doing nothing. I enjoy making other people happy and that makes me happy in return. 
Well, you've definitely made a lot of people happy with this podcast episode. You've been a (laughs) fabulous guest. Thank you so much, James. Thank you very much. It's been an honour. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Do head on over to jamespriest.com to find out more about James's books and his courses and coaching with him as well. And I look forward to you joining me on our next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sarah's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sarah herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sarah's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness. Happiness.